Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This is On the Block with Stricken Austin. Nebraska Basketball Hall of Famer and nine-year NBA vet, Eric Strickland. Strickland for three! And you're going to go out of here as the Big Eight tournament champion. Middle school basketball coaching legend and Duke basketball shooting coach in his mind, Austin Orman. Coming at you live from the heart of Lincoln, America, on air and online at theticketfm.com. Brought to you by Mary Ellen's Food for the Soul. This is On the Block with Stricken Austin. That's right. Welcome to Hour 2 of On the Block on a Monday. We're out at Lincoln Northwest High School. Uh, the Junior NBA Camp put on by the Boys and Girls Clubs of Lincoln Lancaster County. Great to be out here. It's been fun watching these young athletes get their game on. And it was hard talking to DP last segment. Not that it's ever hard talking to DP. But I was trying to listen to what you were saying, Strick. Kids were listening. Seemed attentive. Uh, not unplugged. Let's just see which one you're on. This is Strick. This is Strick. All right, let's yeah. try. Oh, there we go. Let's try. Hey, there's Strick. There, we, there go. we go. So, yeah, what I was saying is, like, one of the things is, like, when you come to these camps, sometimes kids come to the camp with the mentality of, man, this is going to be boring. Oh, I already do these drills. Oh, it's the same old stuff. But there's always something that you can glean. So one of the messages I wanted to give to them, and, and I want to speak to you about this, is – in the professional realm, it's like the little things that you do just in this camp right here can teach you so much about your future as you continue to progress, whether it be in high school, whether it be in college, or as a professional BD. And um, Yeah, that's be- right. Bernard Day with us. Uh, yeah, if you're Bernard not watching Day's on the stream, appreciate B-Day stopping by. So I told him, I said, listen, some of you guys are in the back of the line sniggling and giggling. It'd be no different than if they're in the back of the class sniggling and giggling when the lessons are being mm-hmm. taught up front. You know, uh, they're not paying attention. So then when it comes time to learning the lesson, you then got to be like, oh, what are we doing? Right. And it's the same thing here. And so life lessons in school, life lessons on the basketball court are lessons that can be applied in in in, in school, in life. After uh, you, 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 you get into the workforce, it's the same stuff. And so that's what I told him. I said, there's lessons that were being taught and you guys are in the back laughing, talking, pokey, having fun. Yeah. And then. Tell them about the professional experience and what that would be like if you're back in the back of the line, sniggling and giggling, and then the coach is trying to teach you something up front, and then you get to the front of the line, and you don't you yeah. don't know what you're supposed to do. And all of a sudden, you call upon, and it's like, yeah, okay, what were we doing? Um, I wasn't paying attention. I was in the back screwing around. It's like, well, if that's the case, um, you can go walk out the door because that's not something I want to deal with. And that's definitely a professional level as far as high school and junior high school. And then elementary, it's like, okay, guys put up with it. 
but at some point you got to start paying attention because with these little basketball camps, these small things that you learn are more fundamental type things that kind of get you over as you start to progress and get to higher grades. And people don't understand that because it's like, oh, yeah, like you said, strict. Oh, I don't feel like doing this because we've done this before. Mm -hmm. No, you got to brush up on those skills every day because when I was at Nebraska, we were doing pivots. We were doing jump stops jump before practice. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we were doing all the little small things. And then all of a sudden, we get into practice and we do what we need to do. It's funny because that's exactly what they're working on here. And it's understandable for, you know, young kids like these that are out at camp to, you know, not know what goes into putting a camp on or getting them here. But to me as a kid, if I'm here, I see these great counselors. I see, you know, former college basketball players out here telling me that this is how I do this. I'd probably think, hey, if it's good enough for them, it's probably going to be good enough for me. Yeah. You know, if they're taking time to, to stress this, they want me to hone in on this. It's got to be important for some reason. Even if I don't know what that reason is right now, again, if they're taking time out of camp to do this specifically for this long, it's got to mean something. Yeah, and see, sometimes they think that, you know, people that come in are just fillers of time, right? But, no, there's, there's things that you can actually glean from it. And, and one of the things also I wanted to help them to understand is that the higher you go up the ladder, it's like a pyramid, right? Um or the foundation of a home. Like, you can build a steeple, but you have to have something on the bottom that's going to be able to hold it up, right? Mm -hmm. So all of your foundational stuff is your holdup. That's the stuff you can always go back to when you're tired, when you don't have uh, anything else that you can draw from. You can always draw back from your fundamentals, right? And so just like that, as you go up the ladder, everybody's going to be getting better. So while you're sitting at home playing on your PlayStation or you're playing on your Xbox or you're doing uh, a Fortnite or whatever the case, somebody's working on their game. Oh, that's mm -hmm. for sure. And so you either going to be the person that's working on it or getting worked out in it. Either going to be the person that's working on it or Kyler Murray. <coughs> Sorry, wrong <laughs> conversation. But. <laughs> right, BD? I mean, right? Would you, would you agree? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, with that being said, it's these kids sometimes, you know, unless you are a gifted player, you can get away with some of this right, stuff. Right. And then all of a sudden, you know, it's like when you got get out on the court and you're just kind of going through the motions, and then all of a sudden you got this other kid who's busting his butt, and, you know, and the coach is looking at this like, all right, do I want to take a deal with this? Because this is going to be an attitude, or do I want to take and deal with this guy right here who's busting his butt doing everything that I'm asking him to do? I'm going to take my chances with him, you know. Because you can like, maximize this. Exactly. With that right there, it's like yeah. his head is so big all of a sudden. It's like, okay, what am I going to do with him? Mm -hmm. You know, okay, I'm going to sit him down. If he's not going to get the understanding that what I want to get out and to get out of him, then I'm not going to play him. For both of you, was there a point where that clicked, that it wasn't just about – hey, I'm just better than these kids, I can get away with it. What was the point that it sunk into you that, yeah, putting in the work is really what got me to where I was? Started. You know, I, I kind of watched Strick a little bit in high school, and I watched his effort and how hard he played, and it kind of reminded me of me. Mm. Because when I went out, I don't care if I played pickup basketball. Mm -hmm. I gave you 100%. I was coming after you. Mm -hmm. And if you didn't match my intensity – <laughs> you had problems. Yeah, <laughs> you had a lot of problems. So, you know, and it's like when you start to get into it, 
you try to go out and you do your best and you put forth that effort and then all of a sudden you know if you got those guys who's going to pay attention to you and be like well god dang man he's going he's going all out mm-hmm. i think i need to do something because if i don't you gonna make me look bad mm-hmm. <laughs> you know and this and that's the way it goes you know and it's like with strict like i said man, i just sit back and i watch the man i was like wow i like the way he plays so for me, it, it came to a point where, like, for example, I didn't want to go somewhere where it was going to be easy for me. I knew that at Nebraska, there was a hierarchy. I knew there was people ahead of me that I would have to beat. I knew that Pykowski was a guy I would have to compete against if I wanted to see some time. I knew that the freshman coming in with me, Jerron Boone, uh, you know, Andre Woolridge, you know, Badge was there. I knew that, listen, if that was going to happen for me, I was got to be ready to step up and compete. So I never was going to allow myself to not be at my best or to be at my the, the hardest of my worth ethic or to, to work less than the next man. Even not starting, I, I said, no, I'm still going to compete for a position. If that means beating the first team every day we we, we, we face them, that's what it's got to be until they see me, mm-hmm. right? Same thing in the NBA. So all of those lessons were, were applicable as I continued to move up the rings of the ladder. That, I mean, that's ultimately how I ended up being freshman of the year. Not because, you know, I was the best. Because, I, like I say, basketball was never my best sport. But I worked my butt off at it, just like BD. You know, we worked our tails off which made us be able to compete at the highest levels with the highest, uh, with, you know, with, with some of the best competition in the country. Was it ever hard in high school, your junior, senior years, your all-city, all-state caliber players to push yourself, or were you guys, both of you, able to see that bigger picture to, you know, keep pushing yourself because you know there's more out there than just your senior year? Well, you see that big, bigger picture because uh, playing, up at, playing in D.C., oh, I used to go to yeah. the Urban Coalition all the time, mm-hmm. and they have there, man. Yeah. I just sat back and I watched, especially in high school, and I lo- looked at the talent, and I'm sitting back like, oh my gosh, what the heck is this? Am I going to be able to play with this? <laughs> but then all of a sudden, after my senior year, I ended up playing in that league, and you know, and it was like playing against some of the top players in the country, and, I mean, NBA players as well, and I'm like, man, I'm out here with these guys, man, you know, and it was crazy because I ran up against Manute Bowl one time. Ooh, so I'm guarding Manute Bowl in the post, right? <laughs> so I fronted him, and they tried to throw it up over the top of me, and I jumped up and I grabbed it. Man, Manute Bowl went down the court, peed off, man. He was talking to the guard, like, what are you doing? And I was just, like, <laughs> kind of laughing because he made me laugh. Man, playing against Lynn Bias, man, Ooh, I mean, it's like yeah. the guys that played in that league, man, it was like, man, yeah. competition. So you had to step up your game. You know, whether it was playing defense, scoring, rebounding, whatever the case may be, you know, you had to put your mark out there. And, you know, that was something I got lucky with. It's the same, Austin. It's it's, it's the same for me. Um, no matter what it was, I just wanted to be the best. I, I, you know, I, I would always just look at personal goals. I didn't look at the other people. It was always how high and how far I, I wanted to take myself. And the vision for me was never at the high school or the college level. It was always beyond that. And so I always worked as if I'm going towards that. And, not, and then when you get there, the tendency or sometimes 
it's easy to say I'm here and I've arrived. And you, get and you see a lot of people going after two, you know, two, three years because that mentality. Whereas for me, it was who's coming? Who are they looking at? Who, who's A, I can say that, who's ass? I got the bus. You know what I'm saying? Like, who, who, who do I got to take care of that's coming in here? And that's the way I looked at it, and that kept me on edge, and it kept me working. And then you have great mentors. That's something that, you know, I know Crusher and I are going to probably get into uh, sometime on, on uh, WTF. We talk facts. Yeah, don't say that one, but. Yeah. <laughs> But one of the things we're going we to talk about is mentors. And I think at the NBA level, this is what's been, I think, a huge thing for Miami. Why Miami or where they're at? You look at Miami's roster and you look at a bunch of second-round guys and you don't believe it. You don't believe they should be there. No. But there was a time, if you guys are, are listening, there was a time when Jimmy Butler – who is one of their best players, got checked by Udonis Heslop. Mm-hmm. And that mentorship, that leadership, checked it and put things in order. It's something that we talk about as to why Denver is who they are, because they're business-minded. they going in there to handle business. They ain't worried about South Beach. They ain't worried about what's going on on South Beach. They worried about, we coming in here to get this ship, mm-hmm. right? And then you look at other teams, and you kind of wonder how they fall off the ship. And it's because I think mentorship is missing. It's the leaders and the hierarchy where we had to get off the plane and wait until the bags got got put on. We had to put the bags on. It didn't matter if it was 2 degrees or 200 degrees. Right? These days, these young kids come in. Then you have to ask the question, what's going on with, like, Zion Williamson? Oh, boy. Right? A lot to get I, into there. Gonna, I'm not going <laughs> to dig all into it now, but I'm saying so much worried about other stuff. Team goes to the playoffs and he ain't showing up. Instead of worrying about getting healthy, he's worrying about other things. And the mentorship, which I was blessed to have, Derek Harper's, um, guys like uh, San Sabalas, and, you know, guys that I was able to kind of draw from. <laughs> Many a times out in LA, me and Seb may go out, but says like, <laughs> says like, wait a minute, Strick. It's time to get up and run these hills. It's time to get up and run this sand. So that mentorship is important. How much of that aspect of it for both of you make the decision to come to Nebraska? How much of that decision was based off of? You know, the vibe you got from the coaching staff feeling that they would be there for you to push you and the other guys you knew you were going to be playing with on the team that you could trust them, you'd want to go to work with them. Well, for me, it was like coming from junior college. You know, Oregon State was after me from day one when I got out of high school. And, you know, I ended up just going to JUCO, playing two years at JUCO. And then it was like Nebraska was there from day one. And then all of a sudden, after we made it to the national championship, championship, All of a sudden, these other schools start to come in. And, you know, and I was like, well, let's see. Nebraska was here from day one, you know, and I'm one of those loyal guys. So I said, what the heck, I'm going to Nebraska. I came here for a visit. I really liked it. And then the players that I played against and I saw, you know, I was like, okay, there's something I can work with. And at that time, it was like, what did they want me to come in to play? 
a two, I mean, a three spot and a four spot. So, you know, I was like, okay. So when I got in here and all of a sudden, you know, it was like, hey, you have to match my intensity. I don't care who you are. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm coming in here to start. Mm -hmm. That's my mm -hmm. first thing. And I'm coming here to help the team. Mm -hmm. And so when I got here, all those things fell into place. And, you know, and it was like my junior year, I challenged Dave Hoppin, who was an All-American. And, you know, and I'm talking to him in the locker room. I'm like, hey, Dave, I'm out rebounding today. Dave looking at me like, yeah, whatever. And I'm like, oh, yeah, watch me. And so, you know, I go out there, and all of a sudden, the game's over. I got like 10 rebounds. He got six. And I was like, okay, I told you. And it's like it was just a putting a competition against mm -hmm. them to kind of push them, you know, mm -hmm. to make them even better. Because we used to get on Dave. Dave, you don't play any defense, man. And then, you know, all of a sudden, we had one guy that played Juco. His name was Deke Vance. He was in practice. And all of a sudden, man, he knocked the crap out of Hopper. And Mo Iba didn't say anything. And everybody was like, oh, man. The next play, Hop got the ball. He drop stepped and dunked on Deke. Deke smacked him on the butt and said, that's what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. And, you know, to fire him up, to get him ready to go, well, better in the competition when he's mm -hmm. playing against other people. Mm -hmm. And because we felt like he was soft, you know, but, hey, Hot was one hell of a player. Man. People don't understand that. That guy could score against anybody. Mm -hmm. He wasn't an All-American for nothing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and, 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 you know, there's there's different types of leadership qualities, too, mentorship qualities. Um Probably, you know, Pike was a do-it-on-the-floor leader. Uh, one of the faster guys. One of the guys when it's time to run, you know, lines or run up and backs. He's at the front of the line. He did it by that. Then you had guys like Bruce, a little bit more verbal. Uh, Jamar Johnson, a little bit more verbal, right? Uh, I was a little bit more verbal. Jerron, not so much. Teron not so much. Badgett, a little bit more broke. So it just depends on the quality of what your leadership style is. Because it doesn't always have to be a rah-rah, you know, type of dude. It's a guy, though, that will be willing to challenge you, willing to step up and look you in the eye and tell you about yourself when, when you ain't at your best. Hold you accountable. Hold you accountable. And then there's the other guys that's saying, look, let me show it to you. And this is what it's going to be. Anything less than this, you can't see the floor. So those, those are the two different qualities. I think it would be tough coming in, you know, as a first-year player. Strick, you was a freshman. Bernard, you, you know, after a couple of years at JUCO coming in. And, you know, trying to find your voice on that team. Guys you might not know before, trying to figure out what your role is. But it sounds like, again, I don't put words in your mouth, so definitely correct me if I'm wrong. You guys didn't know any other way to do it. You were going to be yourselves. You weren't going to, you know, you're going to be respectful but not deferential. You're going to come in and play basketball the way you knew how to play it, but not back down. Oh, yeah, for sure. For me, I was that team-oriented type player. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I went out and I did everything that was helping the team. You know, I wasn't that person who really needed to go out and score 25 points unless you needed me to. And then all of a sudden I'll pick up on the scoring aspect of it. But other than that, it was like all the little small things I tried to do to help the basketball team because I knew, like, some other players didn't have that ability. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, for me to go out there and do those things, I mean, it helped the team out a lot. And then, you know, it was like that junior year, all of a sudden, Hawk got hurt. And, you know, everybody expected us to just fold and, you know, nothing would happen. And we ended up making it to the NCAA tournament. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and it was like 
I had to pick up my game a little bit because Hart was gone and we needed to score a little more. So we changed our philosophy too because we were more of a kind of a slow pace type team because we got a guy 6'11 with a score. Then they switched that up and all of a sudden we start running. And, you know, we're getting up and down the court and we're playing against anybody. But, you know, just that experience and just having those guys as we came together and jailed, you know, that helped us out a lot too. And, you know, like Strick said, I wasn't that vocal guy. I was that guy who got on the court, and I'm going to show you between the lines. Mm -hmm. And then it was like you had, then you had those other guys who were like a little vocal, but we didn't have that really that many vocal players on the basketball team. But we did hold each other accountable. Yeah, I mean, that's 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 the same way. I mean, um, I understood ultimately that it's about being effective. It's not necessarily about. Uh, scoring 20 and getting six assists and five rebounds. It's not all points. It's how can you be effective? How can I create more opportunities for my team? Whether it be by taking charges, diving on the floor, getting a loose ball, getting a steal, uh, doing things on the defense, shutting down their best guy. So if their guy's averaging 20, if I can shut him down five points less, six points less, that's giving us a chance to win a game. So I, I looked at it from that standpoint. And then how can I make sure I beat my guy? And then in whatever way that my team needed me, then I would be able to fill that void. If it means being a change of pace guy, meaning that, you know, everybody starts off in a certain way, then I come in and it's run. Let's go, let's go. We're we pushing the pace. If it's, if it's that, if I needed to score, or if I just needed to be a shutdown guy. Just being that. We're on the block on 93.7, the ticket out at Lincoln Northwest High School. Uh, watching some good basketball here. We're finally getting up and down a little bit. Uh, again, appreciate the uh, the skills portion, the fundamentals of it, but it's fun watching some of these kids in live action. I'm Austin Norman. Uh, Bernard Day joins Strick and I here on the block. We'll step aside for just a minute, um, get to a little breaking semi-Nebraska ball-related news, and talk some more hoops when we get back here on the block. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure.